Are you ready for this? Do, 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 do. It's Felger and Matt. Oh, that's stupid, my uh, God. Oh. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Hour number two of a big boy Tuesday. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. He's brought to you by Uber Eats. Stay tuned for a really incredible promo offer from Uber Eats. But as promised, right back to your phones on everything else that we've hit on throughout the course of the day. Leftover Super Bowl thoughts, direction of the Patriots offense uh, as it relates to the rest of the league, and his five-point plan from Greg Bedard. Right to you as promised. Dave in Plymouth, go ahead. Greg, um, I agree with your your points, but my question for you is how much input um, and say will Bill O'Brien have on the offensive side of the ball? Because I I think if Belichick is still making the final calls on the offensive side of the ball, nothing nothing much is going to change. Okay, I'll stop you there. How much autonomy you think O'Brien has? Uh, not a ton. I don't. Oh, I, you know, God. I think. I, well, I, I'm just look. I don't. I don't know anything specific about this. I'm just going sort of off of the way things have gone here, you know, for years. I'm sure. Normally, what happens is, uh, you know, the offensive coordinator gives Bill sort of like a wish list. This is what I think we need to evolve as far as you know. Do they need a fullback? Do we, you know, this is what we need. And then in years past, it's you know whether Bill wants to go and get it or not, and sort of like a pecking order, like. You know, this would be my my choice in the draft as far as this position and things like that. And sometimes Bill just defaults to his comfort level, which is defense. And then all of a sudden, you know, the guys that they want are not there and things like that. So I don't think, you know, the, Dave makes a good point. I mean, it's <clears throat> is Bill going to uh, allow Billy to to, you know, give him the tools? I'm hoping that Matt Groh. Uh, you know, basing off last year and the draft, which was totally out of character for a lot of the stuff that they did in that draft. Hopefully he has uh, a lot of the controls when it comes to the draft. But, you know, I'd like him to be a little bit more patient and not overdraft some of these guys. All right, Mike in Framingham. Go ahead, Mike. My goal. Okay, his comment line said, Shula versus Belichick thought. Until further notice, I think we are in Shula territory. We are experiencing Shula. Tom Landry, Chuck Knoll, these guys at the end playing out the string. That's how I feel about Bill until I am proven otherwise. Well, related to that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I I was just going to say, you know, look at what Andy Reid has done. I mean, you know, he basically, he's he's getting up there in age. He's older than, you know, maybe his age is due to, you know, his health and things like that. But Andy Reid, as he's gone on, he said, you know, Steve Spagnuolo, come and run my defense. Dave, too, come and run my special teams. Let me just – I have Eric Bieniemy there. I brought Matt Nagy back, who was really good. And, you know, now I just sort of sit around and I think of cool offensive plays where Bill is taking on more and more every year and more gets lost in the weeds and, he, and the Patriots aren't as good in those margins that they used to be in. And, like, you know, Bill just needs to look at that. And I think the Crafts have looked at that. I think the Crafts at this point with what they have done this offseason and Robert's, you know – just out there basically telling people how much they're involved. I think they're trying to help bill to the finish line because he's, he got a chance to do it himself this past year. Didn't work. It went backwards in a lot of ways. Now the crafts, I think have stepped up and be like, look, bill, let us help you help yourself. And this is what you need to do. And we're pushing you in that direction. I like it. Yeah. Just at the time he needs to be taking on less. He's taking on more and it ain't working. Uh, Ask backwards, right? Yes. Ben and Lynn. Go ahead, Ben. 
Hey, Greg, I'm looking for your opinion as to how the, the Patriots can drum up uh, misdirection. I find when we line up, you know what's going to happen. You see the Eagles playing the Super Bowl. They have an RPO. You're not sure what they're going to run. Uh, the Patriots teams of old, they had James Devlin and Gronk. You weren't sure what you were going to run. Uh, how would you drum up misdirection as the Patriots as they're constituted today? Ben, it's a, it's a really good question and something I, you know, I, I've thought about over the years, and it's interesting. Somebody posted these numbers about uh, the NFL and like sort of, you know, motion percentage overall where teams rank and also uh, motion at the snap, you know, so guys in motion at the snap, there's a difference. And, and it's, you know, and that's how the chiefs ran a lot in this game was sort of ghost motion and getting, moving guys out of gaps. And, and what's interesting is that Josh McDaniels was like last in the league in terms of motion at the snap. And so I think it's an offensive you know, structure scheme type of thing. What I would do, in, and you've seen this with a lot of teams, including the Chiefs, they bring in guys who have a specialty at this stuff that, you know, remember, um, you know, when Brad Childers failed at the Vikings, Andy Reid brought him to Kansas City just to sort of be like, I forget what his title was, but it was basically his job was to, you know, invent stuff and, and scout the new sort of wave of stuff. And I wish the Patriots, I wish Josh McDaniels in Vegas would bring in somebody who can say, okay, you can say, look, this is the play that we've run for years. How can we dress it up more for the modern game? But the thing is, I don't think any of these guys will do it. They're just stuck in their ways. They don't want to bring in outside voices. It's why, you know, the Patriots are where they are right now. The misdirection and motion on that Kansas City offense is lovely. Oh, gosh, it's unbelievable. I mean, it used to kind of drive me nuts when it was Alex Smith. You know, everything was four yards. Everything gained four yards, and the guys are moving all over the place. You know, but now with Patrick Mahomes, it's like you get that stuff and you get big plays, and it's just lethal. The I thought the running game, all the crap they do in the running game, and I can't even describe half of it. It was just fun to watch, Mike. And and you know, you you bring that up about their their scheme. I mean, you know, they were four four in the red zone. How many times did they scheme guys wide open in the red zone where the Patriots like you know? they'd be lucky to even get a pass on somebody's hands in the red zone. Pass into the flat. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. I mean, let's hit the running back in the flat for the 57th (laughs) time this year. You know, it's just, it's amazing what they were able to do. And I don't think there's anybody better. Andy Reid, a lot of people used to be like, oh, Belichick in a bye week. You give Andy Reid a bye week, and for those guys to dream up stuff on offense, I mean, it's hard to come up with new stuff that fools people in the NFL, especially at the end of the season. Andy Reid and the Chiefs do it consistently. Mary in Manchester. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mike. Hi, guys. So before I get to my question, I just wanted to tell um, Greg that I really appreciated his commentary this year. I think you, you gave us some great nuggets. Uh, Thanks, Mary. Greg, so, so I really appreciated that. But, Greg's nuggets. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> great nuggets. So I want you to channel Belichick for me for a minute. And, do I you know, have to? He's watching the game on Sunday. And I understand he, he really um, thinks highly of Andy Reid. So is he watching the Chiefs and saying, you know, if if we do this, this, and this, you know, if we implement all this, we're going to be very competitive next year? Or is he looking at Jalen Hurts and Mahomes and thinking, you know, Mac Jones is just never going to get there? I mean, I want you to tell me what you think Bill Belichick's takeaway, his big takeaway is from the, from the game this Sunday. Okay. I have one, but you can go first. I think that, you know, Bill looks at those offenses and says, um, you know, first of all, we're not going to give up those uncovered guys are good you know the big plays we're just not going to get burnt we're just going to get back we're going to make them complete a bunch of passes and then we're going to systematically 
you know, double Travis Kelsey here or whatever, you know, according to their tendencies, we'll be able to get enough stops or a turnover here and there that can turn the game. And we're going to take care of the ball. We're not going to lose the game and we're going to be there at the end. And my brilliance is going to carry us through. Well, more like that thing. What he's thinking is, these effing guys aren't that smart. If my players would just do what the hell I told them to do, we'd be just fine. Exactly. That's what he's thinking. Yeah, he's looking at the defenses and thinking of how stupid they are. Yeah, I mean, can you play zone in the red zone on a de- on defense? Like, th- those plays where the Eagles got caught on those quick motion plays. I can just Bill seeing, saying, but let them dance around on their side of the line and scrimmage as much as you want. You're, you're going to sit tight. And if they switch off, if they... Come back if they motion into the formation and sprint back out. You're just going to be there. You're not going to follow. You're not, we're not chasing these guys across the formation or trying to figure out who's got who. You just plant your ass right there in the flat and get back. You know, like that's just what he would say. And what he's saying, Mary, is that we'd be much better if my players would just do what I told them to do. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much it. Uh, Evan and Woburn, go. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're okay. Evan, um, what do you got? Yeah. What? I just want to talk about the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, it, it was a great game. It was, you know, a high-scoring game. But what everybody forgets and I haven't really heard about is if if Jalen Hurts didn't fumble the ball himself, it wasn't a cause fumble, he fumbled it himself, the Eagles would have won. Huge play. Massive. Eagles felt like the Eagles were about to run him out of the building mm-hmm. at the end of that first half. And massive play, I think it's self, self-evident, self Evan. I mean, people have mentioned it the whole time. It was a, it was a t- even though the Eagles then back, went back up by 10, th- that just sort of, you know, take that play out, and they're up by 17. And exactly. Kansas, you know, Kansas City felt like they were about to get run out of the building. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was one of the two biggest plays or possessions of the game. That would have been 21-7. It was 14-7 at the time of the fumble. Right. So that even the game up, Kansas City barely had the ball in the first half, and the game was tied, for crying out loud. The other one I said yesterday, and I still feel that way, is the Kansas City possession to start the second half. Yeah, you come out down 10. Got to have it. Yeah, Mahomes was hobbling. Like, you can't go three and out there. You can't. They went down the field and got a touchdown. I, I thought this game came down to, you know, basically two plays and why I can't, you know, really cry about the officiating call at the end of the game. The fumble for a touchdown and then the punt return. They basically gave them 14 points. And the Chiefs really made one mistake, the missed field goal. You know, that's a that's an 11-point difference, you know, right there between the, you know, two touchdowns that the Eagles basically gave them and then the missed field goal. All right, 10 questions with Bedard coming your way right after this. Hey, it's Hardy. Join me and get in on the very best way to become a winner and do some prop swapping today. Every day, Prop Swap is offering the best odds in the country on all your favorite teams in every sport. How? Because you're buying directly from other sports bettors who have purchased their tickets in legalized states and are now ready to cash out. Prop Swap is the new way to win bigger at sports betting, and who doesn't love an advantage? I use Prop Swap as a fantastic resource to hedge. This is one of the coolest apps I've ever seen. Go to PropSwap.com today and download the free app. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, 10 questions, 10 minutes. We've got to be on time. Jimmy, what are our buzzer options this week? 
Murray, you're such a wiener, dude. <laughs> Next. Hey, Mike, uh, real good talk on grass earlier there, buddy. Don't be afraid to do that on your own time. Oh, Jimmy, love that call. Next. Mike <laughs> Mascala. He's just a big stiff. <laughs> Next. And Sky Moore blows. He does. He blows. He's not that good anymore. Last one. Pretty good. Yeah, that's Maz all aboard the Chiefs train. Hail to the Chief. <laughs> Ten questions with Greg Bedard brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Make 2023 the last time losing weight is your New Year's resolution. Choose a solution for weight loss. Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Jimmy, hit it. Murray, you're such a wiener, dude. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> Number 10. That. Early ratings have Sunday's game as the third highest rated Super Bowl ever behind Patriots Seahawks. Number one. And Patriots-Falcons, number two. Rank the three games. Number three for me is Patriots-Falcons. I'm sorry. It was a great finish, but it's the Falcons. It's like a Panthers Super Bowl or like the Rams with like Vince Ferragamo. Nobody cares. Uh, Eagles-Chiefs, this one, it was great. But Patriots-Seahawks, that's the best one ever. I mean, you know, the finish, what Brady was able to do on that defense coming back when they never give up double-digit leads, and it was just – it was incredible. Had everything. I think the order they're in is right. I, the, again, this one I'd put third because there wasn't much defense in this game, and the, the Falcons game was an epic comeback. The Patriots-Seattle game, I've said this a million times, the best football game I've ever seen. I'm with Maz. The order is right the way that they're rated. We all concur. Four for four. Next. Mike <laughs> Mascala. He's just a big stiff. Number nine, early ratings. Have Rihanna's halftime show as the second most watched halftime show of all time behind Katy Perry in 2015. Which was better? And what do you think of Rihanna overall? I like this one better. I'm not as big a fan as Rihanna, of Rihanna's music, but I thought visually it kept me like engaged with the freaking platforms and the guys in the white outfits and the dance. Like, I just thought it was cool. I like Katy Perry, but I didn't see this one. <laughs> so there you go. Didn't remember Katy Perry? They dropped her in the roof. I went back and watched the Katy Perry one today for a little bit. No, she wasn't in the roof. She came on a giant the sort of one. No, she came on a giant like tiger or some sort of giant animal the kind roof, of thing. The roof was Lady Gaga. Both of these were garbage, but I'll go with Katy Perry because of the left shark that didn't dance in rhythm with go. her during teenage dream. And Rihanna, she performed with all the energy of me Friday in Phoenix. Like nothing. <laughs> Who she had, had nothing. Bruno Mars come in? I, I, I don't know. Never mind. Come on, Felger. Uh, I, I was hoping you guys would carry that question. Um, I, the problem last night, and I wanted to watch Katy Perry, it's just I get annoyed when it's too much lip syncing or I don't feel that they're singing at all. Like, Katy Perry, if she wasn't lip syncing, she at least had recorded it during the day and was lip syncing her own recording in the stadium. You could tell it wasn't the record singing yeah, right. you know what i mean it was yeah. her it was her singing into that mic in that stadium now it may have been earlier in the day but it felt more like Real. like a live performance the rihanna thing did not feel like a live uh vocal performance anyway it felt like a dance routine but anyway next umbrella and sky more blows he <laughs> does he blows he's not that good that's what katie perry came in and you got a picture right there on nbc sports boston it was cool it was yeah, like a lion. Yeah, oh, yeah, I thought it was better. Anyway, I like uh, her. What was your favorite commercial, Greg? <laughs> uh, Pop Corners, Breaking Good. I'm a Breaking Bad guy. I liked seeing those guys together. I thought it was funny. 
I like the Blue Moon IPA where Miller Lite and um, uh, Coors Light were fighting it out, and they stick a Blue Moon at the end. They said it's a Blue Moon commercial. It was Blue Moon, right? Uh-huh. It was one of those. Uh, you, I go, you don't remember that? I don't. The oh. beer commercial that was most memorable to me was uh, Bud Light, Miles Teller, and his hot wife dancing to the on-hold music while they were waiting for the... the okay, the so that one I saw. Up. I DVR'd through most of it. Like, I, I when I watch these games, I watch... Yeah, sure. Press pause, do the dishes, come back, watch commercial, press pause, you know, whatever, do the laundry. Come, So I get to miss most of them. I did see a few of them. The dance, so that was Miles Teller. That was kind of a sexy little spot. The one you mentioned yesterday was... Um, the premature uh, oh, electrification? Yeah, pre- yeah, like, yeah. yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm easy. I'm an easy laugh, and I laugh at that one. All right, next. Hey, Mike. Uh, real good talk on grass earlier there, buddy. Don't be afraid to do that on your own time. <laughs> Number seven, what was your least favorite commercial? The uh, Durin- uh, Doritos with the triangle. Oh, that was one. awful. Like, who the hell is Jack Harlow? I don't even know who the hell that is. Am I supposed to know who he is? No, he probably not. He's, He's like a rapper. Sucky white rapper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, any of the 2B commercials, like I need another streaming service, like I need a <laughs> hole in the head. And Gronk kicking the field goal was a complete waste of time. That sucked. It's the 2B commercial because it made one of my friends th- think he sat on the remote and it, like we lost the feed. And people don't need that kind of confusion when you're hammered watching the Super Bowl. Oh, I remember that too. Now, wasn't that the point though? Yeah, it stuck, but I hated it. Next. What were your thoughts on Nick Sirianni crying in the pregame? Look, I understand. You're coaching in the Super Bowl. You've reached your pinnacle. I get it. But you, you couldn't deal with that before the game. I think they, they talked about how he watched the Whitney Houston National Anthem like in the week before the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know. Can we concentrate on the game? Can we get ready for the game? I liked it. I thought it was authentic. I thought it was a guy who was like, you know, caught in the moment during the anthem. Like, oh, my God, I'm standing here for the Super Bowl. It was cool. Get it, to, get it together. You're not at your mother's funeral. Seriously. I'm an anthem crier, so I totally get it. You know, as just as long as he wasn't, you know, crying for the red, red, right, and blue of the USA, which I don't think he was. And I love Chris Stapleton. I don't think he's the right call I for like that. The anthem. I, I didn't love the version. Uh, but just going the, 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 the collective emotion of 70,000 people in one spot for one thing and the emotion of it and the – I, that gets me from time to time. I will cry during a good anthem. So I'm with you, Nick. Next. Murray, you're such a wiener, dude. <laughs> Who's the biggest, uh, who was the biggest tool bag of Super Bowl night? Goodell. Getting on camera there with Kelsey's mom and Damar Hamlin. I'm like, what are you doing there? And then, you know, his comment officiating leading up to it at his press conference about how it's the greatest officiating ever. And then the Super Bowl comes down to an officiating call that most people disagreed with. And then... The field. It's her purview. It's his show. Like, it sucked. Okay, hold your thoughts on the field. Travis Kelsey. It's always Travis Kelsey. The post game is insufferable. Somebody should, look, let him play and staple his mouth shut. Uh, Seriously. I will, I will go with former running back and child beater Adrian Peterson, who took to Instagram to rip DeMar Hamlin for his blasphemous jacket. Because he apparently, like, lost his mind about the jacket that DeMar Hamlin was What was, was on the jacket? Uh, it was, like, someone on a, a cross it said something about God. Adrian Peterson like lost his mind over this. Thing, okay, so next tool for me. Thank you. And Sky Moore blows. He does. <laughs> he blows. He's not that good. Give me your top NFL quarterbacks and stop when you get to Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Rogers, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. Uh, so that makes him tenth. One, two. No, no. 
Eighth. Eighth. Go ahead. <laughs> Not even close. Sorry. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Hurts. Well, I mean, he's the fourth best quarterback in the league? I think he is right now. a little recency bias? Yeah, there is. I admit that totally. He's better than I thought. If he plays like he played last night, he's in the top yeah, five. Yeah, he's also playing flag football. He, for you got horned up by that Super Bowl Seriously. performance. He was good, man. He was really good. I got him seventh. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, then Hurts. Herbert blows. Herbert loses. Well, he doesn't blow, but he, he doesn't, doesn't win. have a real offensive coach. He doesn't win. And his coaches, his head coach is a moron. So's he. Yeah. How'd that work out for the Patriots this year? I'm telling you. After number three, anybody can be fourth. It might as well be Herbert's hurt. sensational. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Mike Mascala. He's just a big stiff. How come Eric Bianami hasn't gotten a head job yet? How come he's considering leaving Kansas City for another offensive coordinator job with another club? What's his story? I, I'm not sure. I would assume that he doesn't interview real well. Um, but then again, that happens. Like, you know, Pete Carmichael, who's a Medway native BC guy, Sean Payton's right-hand man for years when they were, you know, killing the league offensively, he interviewed for head jobs, couldn't get one either. And he just doesn't interview well. You know, I think Biennemi has to go, and this is what he's doing, he has to go and prove how good he is away from Andy Reid because everybody sees Andy Reid. He also has a play sheet. He's on the head. Nobody can tell what he does. Okay, have you also heard that he had a bad incident at Colorado when he was yes. a college player mm-hmm. and he's got a – he's got like a – apparently he's got – There's a, stuff in his closet. He's yeah. got a skeleton in his closet. All right, and this has been sort of the I don't and I don't know what it is, but it's a it's been a behind the scenes thing that people have known about for years and years, and apparently it's pretty bad, and people think that's what has sort of gotten in the way. So if I were him, I would open up the closet and release it, release the hounds, if if you will, you know, let it go public, own up to it, yeah, just sort of get it out in the open as much as you can, admit and. Uh, throw yourself at the mercy of the court. I'm a different person. It was a long time ago. I've done my restitution. You know, whatever it takes to sort of get past. If if that thing in his past is still in the way, he's got to let it out and tr- at least make an attempt to address it. Otherwise, this makes no sense. I don't think that's it. Okay, what do just you Just my two yeah, cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think Greg hit on it. I'm just giving you my two cents. What's what's the common thread with Carmichael and Biennemi? The head coaches call the plays. Yeah. And they're both prolific offensive minds. So you're working for the wrong guy. As, as long as you're working, when I say working Has for the- Has Andy Reid given up the play calling now and then? Like the- Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, but it's hard to tell. I mean, when you watch. He's, the- he's got the sheet, too. Yep. It is hard to tell. And he's talking when, you know, between plays, when they show him, he's got the, the menu. He's talking in his headset. So it's hard for owners to tell who's doing what. But I think it's like being the defensive coordinator under Belichick. Yeah. Everybody knows who's calling it. And all those guys got jobs. Yeah, I know, but they all sucked. And they all stunk out. Okay, but that doesn't deter anybody. I mean, think of it. Mangini, I'm sorry, Cronell, Mangini, Patricia, Flores. It was like everyone has gotten the, gotten the job. And that, you're right. They've yeah, all but blown. Bill also doesn't have a play sheet in his hand. Well, all, you know, all I'm saying is there's something that, I mean, I, I don't care if he interviews poorly. I, how did Belichick interview the big grump? You know, like, how could he possibly impress anyone on a personal level? Yeah, Mike, but you've seen coaches. You've seen assistant coaches at podiums. Some of them are good, no, some of them are No, I understand. And Bill like, Pete Carmichael in New Orleans is not Bill, good. How did Bill ever get a job? You can't be any worse than he, than him. So he still got yeah, a job. Yeah, but Bill, if you get one-on-one with him, like, he could be expansive. Right. He can be really good. All I'm telling you is I don't care if he interviews poorly. 
he's developed helped develop Patrick Mahomes and the most beautiful offense in the league. Mike, how do you how do you think Joe Judge got the Giants job? Because he went in there and he talked like Joe Blow. He's a BSer. I know. I'm telling you, the owner should then grow up. Yes, they should. But I'm just telling you, that's the reason. Owners are stupid. We know this. Yes, they are. Next. Murray, you're such a wiener, dude. Okay, back to the field. What should the NFL do about it? Stop painting those freaking huge logos on the field. Good I understand. I'm watching the Super Bowl. I'm here. You don't need to tell me. L-V-I-I-I all over the place for crying out loud. Right where they're doing stuff in the red zone, kicking field goals. It's stupid. Tell you, how many years have you been with us? A uh, long time. That might be the best answer you've ever given. Wow. Seriously. That's a good Going answer. Going out on a high. My answer would be uh, I'm doing a half grass, half plastic. I'm doing a half and half, half grass. That, that eliminates the problem. Are. Seriously, I, I want a hybrid. Something you kind of mentioned yesterday, universal natural grass, and then alter the revenue sharing so that these owners that use their stadiums for summer concerts get more money from the revenue sharing so they don't have to do that. Good it never call. gets trampled. Well, but that's what it is. It's because they want all these stadiums to be used for the Ed Sheeran concert. So they have to have a surface, and that's why we have so much AstroTurf, and they don't spend on good grass because that gets trampled. Uh, so, et cetera. So, like, that's really uh, the issue. And in terms of the logos, they now have the technology Seriously. to, to superimpose it. the ads on the field or the boards in hockey. We've all seen it. They do it in soccer. It's super easy. They do it with the first online. Why do you have to paint, have anything hard paint on the field? You just superimpose it. It's a computer graphic. Like, what is their deal? Next. Hey, Mike, uh, real good talk on grass earlier there, buddy. Don't be afraid to do that on your own time. <laughs> yeah, we just gave you another couple minutes on it too, buddy, just for you. Give me next year's Super Bowl. I'm going with Chiefs Niners just to agitate Patriots fans. <laughs> because I, 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 I want the Chiefs there again. I want that ramped up. I want the, the rivalry. I didn't want to pick obvious teams. Cincinnati, Green Bay. I think Rodgers is going back there. They were turning a corner at the end of the year. Yeah, Jordan was, Love taking him. Yeah, they were starting to throw the ball well at the end of the year. That Watson kid can play. Like, I think that Green Bay is going to turn a corner. Cat Bull. Bengals versus the Detroit Lions. Meow. That's your Super Bowl next year. Cat Bull. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm with Bedard. Just give me the Chiefs again. Yes. It's so good. You folks get so sensy about it. It's oh, wonderful. Yeah, Mahomes is going to get number three. All right, back to your calls right after this. Exactly what was it you heard? It's Belger and Matt from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Right back to your phones with Bedard, Jordan in Boston. Go ahead, Jordan. Hey, guys. Uh, Going back to Bedard's list, the top five things they need, you have to put pass catching running back on there. You know, Falk, Woodhead, Breen, White, they have a true need at that position. Stevenson, he's good. He's not a true pass catching running back. They need to get one. It should be easy. It's not that difficult. And Montgomery and J.J. Taylor, not it. Okay. I think you're right about that last piece. That shouldn't cost you an arm and a leg in draft capital or, you know, free agent money. No, and I I thought about that position because they obviously missed it this year. Um, It was just another in the long list of things how they screwed Mac Jones this year. But they do have Ty Montgomery, and they drafted Pierre Strong to be that guy. And so he's going into his second year. So, um, you know, I'm giving him a chance. That's they, They drafted him. Uh, Kevin Harris is more of an every down back. He takes over as Stevenson's backup uh, for Damian Harris, who I assume they're going to you know let sign elsewhere in free agency. But I think 
they're okay. I'm not I'm not spending any resources. I want to see what they have. I think Montgomery has promise. We'll see where he is with the injury. Rafi's in oh I'm sorry, Mass. No, no, they need it, but is it one of their top five? I don't know if it's top five. But it is easily attained, I think. Rafi in Vermont. Hi, Rafi. Look at Pacheco. Exactly. I'm here to pay my I'm here to pay my my tab because I remember if you when the Patriots, you know, they won like five games in the row. I call you and I was yelling, screaming, are they gonna make the playoff everything? You did not say anything. You say Rafi. When they don't make the playoff, I hope you have the same courage to call me and say I was right. Sir, you are right. Thank you. Thank you, Rafi. You see how easy that is, folks? Now that whole weight is lifted from Rafi's shoulders. The the blowing is over. It's over. Admit you're wrong and move on. Turn the page. Next topic. You win some, you lose some. Is that so hard, folks? Is that so hard? It is for them. They just moved on to Bill. Bill is still brilliant. I love yeah. Rafi. Uh, Ra- stage. Rob is in Medford. Hi, Rob. Hey, guys. Uh, just a question for Greg. What do you think about bringing back J.C. Jackson? Um, he graded off at PFF as the worst cornerback in the league uh, because they don't play a lot of press man. Um, he would only cost about $12 million to bring back, which is kind of like cornerback two money. Um, you know, and it would kind of fill a need like you were talking about as a number one uh, corner. You know. Well, let me stop you. Greg said before they have to go get a number one corner. It's actually his number one priority, a number one corner. He said think about plucking Jalen Ramsey as a cap casualty or a money move coming out of L.A. Uh, who else would be on that list? You know, Who else could you target, Greg? Have you looked at it? Uh, and is J.C. Jackson a realistic possibility after all that money – the Chargers gave him. They're going to give up after year one. Usually the free agent bust gets a second year just to see. You know, we just spent all this upfront money on you. We're going to give you at least two years to see if you're worth it. Well, uh, Patrick Peterson is a guy oh, who I go. think is a free agent who, you know, Minnesota plays more zone. So, you know, I think he's better. You know, he's not up there in age, but, you know, he might have a year or two left. Um, you know, J.C. Jackson, you know, look. I like J.C. Jackson. The Patriots said he's not a number one. We're not going to pay him as a number one, so why go back to that? And when he was here, the defense wasn't really that good. You know, like, I'm done with retreads. Can we stop with retreads on the Patriots? There are other players in the league. There are other players who can play defense. There are other players who can play offense. You don't need to bring freaking Jamie Collins back for the 15th time to play linebacker. Go draft a guy. Go trade for a guy. Something. Like, and I, I don't mean to get mad at Rob. I mean, it's just, look, J.C. Jackson was fine. He wasn't that great when he was here. He gave up a ton of yards to Stephon Diggs and other people, just like they did this year. Let's try something different, please, for once. That's James cool. Bradbury's available. Oh, <laughs> him. God. Is he? He's a free agent. Uh, that's the big boy. That's Greg Bedard, his final stint of the year. Very emotional in here today, man. It is, yeah. No, I'm going to feel gonna, it. I don't know how I'm going to get through the last segment. Uh, he's brought to you by Uber Eats. Now, listen, this is a great promo. Uber Eats is giving our listeners, Greg's listeners, their biggest promo yet, and it's massive, like Greg used to be. Make sure you add <laughs> promo code Hub Fifty Hub Five Zero Hub Fifty for fifty percent off your next order. And again, that's fifty five zero, not fifteen. Correct, five zero. The big five zero. Uh, it's only good through Sunday, so don't forget to use it. It's perfect for ordering dinner for Valentine's Day tonight. Again, that's Hub 50 for 50% off your next order, and it's open to all users, so enter it now. Taxes and fees still do apply. See the Uber Eats app for availability. Final segment with Greg Bedard in our long commercial-free segment right after this. Hey, stay tuned for more Felger and Maz, okay? Thanks. 
layer of bullcrap. It's just insufferable. Well, then you're a moron. Well, you're an idiot. Now. You idiots. You wussies. Have just a little bit of spine. My God. Well, enough with the pleasantries. It's Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Mahomes looking that way. Throwing that way. Kelsey got it. Touchdown. Okay, so the purpose of this short motion is to see what it does here. It brings Epps. He's the point man. It's a little out and pump. That is a tough matchup. We thought coming into this game, Kevin, if they want to play man, they might be okay on the outside. But who is going to guard Travis Kelsey inside? And so far, they have no answer. You know, oftentimes, the beauty of these plays is in the detail. Because Travis Kelsey starts out wide, you see Darius Slay, he has him. But with the short motion behind Marquez Valdez-Scantling, that's the matchup they want versus the safety Epps. So it's just something small, as opposed to just lining him up there. They're able to get the matchup they want with the best player on their offense against the safety. And that is a mismatch they will take the rest of this game. So I play that because, and we'll get into this a little bit more next hour, but a big concern I would have about the Patriots fan is Belichick and what he's got left in the tank and his ability to really scheme you, I don't know, scheme you some plays. Does he still have the tricks of the trade? He definitely used to have them on defense. I mean, there's no question about it. He used to do on defense what Andy Reid to this day is doing on offense. And that was one example. That was a Travis, Travis Kelsey touchdown. We're very simple. They started him outside, ran him in motion, got him on the safety versus the corner. And so it's just like a little trick that they run on the outside. And maybe you can blame Philly for not being sophisticated enough or well-coached enough on defense to switch it off properly. But be that as it may, there was a coaching advantage there. When you got in the red zone, Andy Reid exposed. Who's the defensive coordinator for Philly who just got the job? Jonathan Gannon. Like, were the Cardinals watching the game? He undressed him. Reed undressed him. Reed undressed that guy. He undressed the defensive coaching in Philadelphia, in the red zone, in that ball game. Travis Kelsey isolated him on the linebacker, touchdown. Those two short motion plays, breaking back outside, uncovered walk-in touchdowns. And it's like, at 64, Andy Reed still has it offensively in his specialty. Now, I know Bill doesn't have it offensively, but does he even have it defensively? Can he, th- you know, we, when's a lot? We complained about it all year, Greg, when, when he went up against a good de- a good offense. We said, what happened to the Bill Belichick we know who used to be in Peyton Manning's head or always had an answer for one of those high-flying offenses? And he did. Whether it was the Jim Kelly K-Gun or the Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf or Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. It was a calling card. He had the tricks. Does he have those anymore on defense? Is it even possible to have them anymore on defense? Uh, I think you need to throw, you know, curveballs and you're hoping for a turnover or whatnot. But I think the the 2018 Super Bowl against the Rams and what he did to McVay um, is certainly, you know, what Patriots fans will point to. But I think, you know, you look at the defensive failings, the end of 2019, 20, 21, this year, like that was sort of the high watermark. They've been going downhill ever since. I think a lot of it has been due to you know bill's drafting and the talent level on the team it's starting to get better they have it on the you know defensive line they're able to do things with the pass rush the secondary has fallen off we talked about the linebackers they're just way behind the times um and, and you need that against you know now offenses are using all five guys on the field for matchups and to make things happen and the patriots you know they their scheme is used to defending 
you know, two, three, you know, sort of guys. And, and I think they're just behind the times. I mean, I don't think he has it anymore. And when I say he doesn't have it anymore, I think the game has changed. And one of the big problems, Mike, is the mobility of the quarterback. Justin Fields came in here and ran over them. Okay, he ran over them. I mean, they didn't have an answer for that. No, both he and Lamar Jackson just shoved it. Really? And again, and, and you know, like, it, 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 neither never, one of them. Yeah, never mind Josh Allen. But right, and neither going. one of them is a particularly good passer. And, you know, now Fields, again, like, they just were running student body left and right that That night. was the Remember last that? game they won this year, the Bears. That was the last game they won, and they came in here and beat the Patriots. The last game the Bears won, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't think the Patriots can defend. Bill doesn't count for that. So we're, we're sort of talking about after last night's game, Sunday night's game, and looking at how they were built and how they're constructed and the direction of the league, how you feel about the current state and direction of the Patriots versus the rest of the league. How do you feel about it, Greg? I, you know, I, I think they're, I think they're behind and I don't think they do a good enough job adjusting and bringing in outside points of view that can sort of, you know, help them bridge the gap. And so I, I think they're, they're just going to be behind in that regard. And, and that's okay. Sometimes that's okay, but you got to be really talented and they fell off for so long. You know, you look at the bills and how they've gone up. Like I forget what draft class it was. I want to say it was their 2018 draft class sort of, you know, set them up in the same year, the Patriots completely botched the draft. And that's the reason why other teams are going ahead of them. You know, the bills are ahead of them. The dolphins to me are now that they have Vic Fangio as defensive coordinator. To me, they're now solidly ahead of the Patriots. And now you're looking at what are the jets going to do as far as offensively quarterback, things like that. Cause you know, their defense is coming up, you know, where, 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 what is the Patriots place in the AFC East? So, you know, I'm not even just talking about the competition. I'm just talking about philosophically, philosophically, the kind of players you bring in, how they play. I mean, and it's not just the quarterback. You know, you've got one of the last remaining pocket passing quarterbacks coming out of college that exists in the sport. Like, I mean, really. Uh, but we talk about the linebackers, you know, the, the kid in Kansas City was flying all over the place. You never draft the guy because he's 5'10 or 5'11. So, uh, you know, the kind of players you bring in, the coaches you have, the style of play on both sides of the ball, it just feels like it's no, no sizzle. You're behind everybody. It's, I mean, I'm fine with no sizzle, but Mike, he's dug in on it too. Well, and that's the thing. You know, you had Mike Lombardi on during Super Bowl week, and Mike, you know, you asked him about the coaches and things like that, and Mike says, well, you know, you need to know the system. Why? Like, you know, what system? Outside of when Tom Brady was here, What's the system? Like, why Why is it so proven, you know, without Tom Brady that this is the way we're going to do things. We're not going to deviate. We need people who need to know. It's a good point. Like, what, you're telling me that, like, Vic Fangio couldn't come in here and make the Patriots better on defense? Or, you know, I like how Sean Payton talked to Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan would be number one on my list in terms of defensive guys that I would talk to uh, in terms of setting up a system like that. Like, you know, why are they so beholden to the system? Yes, we know it worked. It worked unbelievably well when Tom Brady was here. What about without that guy? Is the system still good enough? And why aren't you why aren't you asking for outside input? All right, Greg, thanks for another great year. Yeah, it was uh it was awesome. Hey, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh the tack room in Lincoln, uh GM Mike DeSalvo, uh Chef Dan Lane. They brought in a bunch of food for us. Those guys are big fans of the show. Wanted to come in here for a while. Well, let me tell you, I'm big fans of them. Yeah, that place was awesome. That was some good chow. I was yeah. just going to say, can I just say that is one of the best menus I've seen at a place like that? 
a tremendous, tremendous many. They had great stuff on there. Who is it again? Uh, the Tack Room in Lincoln. Okay. Give them a little sample. It'll be worth your while. All right, Greg, you asked what, what, how many years have you been doing this? When did uh, Wiggy move on? Like, when was our last, what, what year did we make the transition? Whatever it was, it was a year too late. <laughs> I want to say it's like, ni- it's like nine or ten years nine that I've been doing years. this. Yeah. All right. Hope to be back again next year. Okay, well, let's, Thanks, you know. Well, we'll probably have you back around draft time. Yeah, well, I'll so. pop in and out. Okay, we'll check. You get, you go on, like, any sort of, uh, you know, uh, the combines, uh, senior bowls. Yeah, I'll go, to the, I'll go to the combine for a couple days, and I should be at the owners' meetings. And, uh, you know, here we go. Back on the hamster wheel again. Where are the owners' meetings this year? Uh, Phoenix. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 give me a Palm Beach or something. I it's know. really back in Phoenix. Yep, wow. they do have it at a cool place. Whatever. Yeah, I'm sure it's it in Scottsdale, yeah. a fancy place. But yeah, it's a fancy oh, that's place. Such, like it's Camelback or one of those. Yeah, sucks. That sucks. <laughs> All right, Phoenix. Uh, Greg, thanks again boys. for a great year, folks out there. Give Greg a, a, a listen, a, a read, a subscription. Most importantly, at the Boston Sports Journal, it's well worth it. Even the auto renew doesn't even bother me anymore. It's a great product, so so give it a sample. I agree. All right. Uh, Pay for the big boys' kids' college. When we come back, you'll focus more on the, the direction of the Patriots' offense versus the rest of the league and how we feel about it. Suffice it to say, I don't feel great. We'll get to that after Murray's 90-second update. No commercials. Hey, Boston sports fans, Big Jim Murray here. As you know, our local basketball and hockey teams are having banner season. So how would you like the chance to win a pair of luxury suite tickets to see both at the Garden? You join me, too. I'm excited to tell you about Air's Boston Sweet Life Sweepstakes. From now through March 5th, you stop in at any Air or Sierra Naturals Cannabis Dispensary to enter. They are conveniently located in Back Bay, Needham, Somerville, and here in Watertown. The contest is open to all adults 21 and over. No purchase necessary. This is the sweet life. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with the consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number. MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325.